0: I came from a divorced home. I was seven years old when my parents got divorced. I thought it was my fault. And, you know, my dad moved out and was left with my mother, who was a, a stay-at-home mom, and she got alimony. I don't know the truth of all that took place, but I do know know that we had very little money. We went from having lots of money to having next to nothing in a week, basically. I mean, it went from lots of food and all the fixings to zip. Although we still lived in the same house. My dad moved out. Something cracked in me at seven years old. It just ripped me right down the middle it's a very tender-hearted little boy and I just couldn't understand how my father could do that now I, I, at that age I could I just couldn't understand I'd say like okay dad left like how, how's that how's that work and I remember thinking If my father loved me, well then this wouldn't happen. I mean, how could he be mean to mom? And how come we don't have any money now? And I knew he's the one that made the money, and it just just didn't make any sense. We ended up losing the house; it went into foreclosure. Look, this is for somebody, and you might be online. We ended up losing the house; it went into foreclosure, and um, we ended up moving out to the eastern end of Long Island into a, a cozy little house. I remember we had a bag of Lender bagels for a whole week to eat once. Some of you know what Lender's bagels are. I think they're still around. We had no heat, and um, but we had a fireplace, and it was really cold that, that winter the winter of 1978 pretty heavy duty winter for america that snow and cold ice storms and all kinds of stuff some of you might remember that but we would huddle around the (laughs) sorry my emotion is not because of the pain it's because of the joy which i'm I'm getting to that (laughs) would huddle around the fireplace, and it was so cold up in our rooms that, you know, you just couldn't couldn't sleep in that, so we'd sleep in the living room all together, and my mom would be on the couch, and my brothers and stuff, it would be all camped. We actually thought it was a lot of fun, you know, but I had this father wound. I had this wound that... I couldn't understand how my dad could do that. It just put this thing in me. And I felt, you know, in a place that he didn't love me because if he did, that wouldn't have happened. Now that went on. And the truth is that went on through high school and it went on even into my adult years. And it was a wound that I tried to get healed lots of different ways. But when I got saved, I had a little bit of a hard time with hearing about how our Heavenly Father loves us because I couldn't make the connection. But His power, His Spirit would come on me with such intensity that I knew it was true. And it's amazing as I I looked back, even as a man, as I looked back on my home, I knew certain realities that took place in the house, but actually as the layers were peeled off and I grew up, the things I knew were true actually weren't true. Many of them were just my things I was told and a perception I had. I remember being in a service not unlike this one where I heard the voice of the Lord <laughs> I heard him tell me, you're the son I've always wanted, I'm so pleased with you, and God healed me in a moment, he healed me in a moment in a service just like this, under an anointing just like this one, healed me in a moment of the wound I had with my father, something happened to me that day, I walked out of that service just a little higher, my chin up, I knew, I, I, knew I, was, I knew I was accepted. I knew I was in the beloved and I knew there was nothing I couldn't do that he called me to. I just knew it was going to be okay. I didn't have that broken sort of place anymore. To tell the full story, and then we're going to sing this again, and some of you who have that kind of a wound are going to get healed right now. To tell the full story, I got the acceptance of my heavenly father and then God added people into my life like Dr. Morocco who who took me in as a spiritual son and I, I had his acceptance and I, I just became a man of God and then a few years passed having been married and kids my father finally, my earthly father finally came to my church I was pastoring, I was on the island of Kauai he came in October I preached on the prodigal son which was pretty gutsy I wouldn't have done it had I not had a motion picture from heaven. And at the end of that, my father lifted his hand and got saved. In my own service, he gave his heart to the Lord. And we wept. We wept in the altar as he repented to me for being a bad father. And God healed us. Some of you need that kind of healing. Some of you need that kind of healing. Right now you need it. Come on we're going to sing it again Pastor Alex take us in Holy Spirit touch right now in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit come I by
1: you
0: right now. Uh
2: My, uh, my father, my uncle, and my two cousins died in a plane crash, and um, it ripped my family to shreds. It was very difficult, and um, my mom suggested when he died that we go through counseling and do different things, and we never did that. Um, we didn't want to do that, but I thought I had dealt with the loss of my dad, and
0: would you just be seated? Just be seated. Yeah. But remain sensitive. God is doing something right now.
2: I lost my dad, and I didn't, didn't think that I had left anything undone. I felt like I had done everything that needed to be done inside my heart towards my dad. And uh, it was 10 years, 10 years later I was up here. And in the dream I saw my dad and I ran up to him and I threw my arms around him and we cried together that morning I woke up <laughs> something was different and something I didn't even know I needed healing from was completely healed in my life and it felt like the grieving process was completely over because I never got to say goodbye to my dad never got to say goodbye I mean he was even his body was so messed up from the plane crash that when he was at the, the funeral home I just didn't even want to see him and so I never said goodbye but you know as Pastor Daniel was sharing I just felt I needed to share because sometimes we have things inside of us we don't even know we need he- healed but we know something's wrong something's missing and we just we just search for it but God just sovereignly comes and gives us a dream where we confront our issue. and I just felt it to share that because our Heavenly Father knows what we need. He knows exactly what we need. And I don't know where you are in life or what you're going through or anything, but the Lord knows what you need tonight. He knows where you're at. And this is kind of a weird way to go in our service, but would you just lift your hands to heaven?
0: It's who I am. It's who I am. You know you need healing in this area. Stand to your feet, right where you are, right, just right in your seat. Stand. Lift your hands to heaven. The Holy Spirit, Lord, bring healing. Heal the memories, God. Release your healing touch right now. Pastor Alex, you sing just solo, please. Come on, just sing over the... Come on, open up your heart to the move of the Spirit. I'm just going to come and pray and agree for God to touch you right now. It's who you are. It's who you are.
1: It's who you are and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. I am by you It's who I
0: If you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, why don't you do that right now? Let's just see. i got a message. I'm just not sure I'm supposed to go there with it. Come on, just pray in the Spirit. Come on. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Talk to the Lord. <laughs> says that I'm going to bring closure to some unended, open-ended things that are in your life. This is to us as a congregation. And he's going to do that in unique ways, like Pastor Alex's dream with his father some 10 years later, miraculously has a dream and he meets his father and they weep. And instantaneously, the grieving... Is over grieving he might not have even known he was going through truth is I remember that you were doing good before that but it just something happened to you like that there's some open ended, some unresolved issues I want you to stand to your feet all across this place and I'm going to pray that God would reveal places that you need to be healed the places that we need to be healed in And that He would supernaturally heal those things even tonight, but not just that. That He would give you what you need to bring closure, whether it be a dream or a vision or a a, a word from the Lord out of Scripture. So come on, just... Look, all of us, we've all been through things. Everyone has been through things. And God is constantly bringing us to places where... We can be more healed and more whole. He's constantly doing it. That's what he does. He makes us more like him. It's never over. It's like the movie credits that just keep coming. I mean, they just, I mean, what is the best grip? I mean, what is that? I mean, it's just all the different movie credits. That's the way it is, because we live in a fallen world, and God continually brings us to a place, even to be more like him. So, Father, in your mighty name. You indeed are a good father, and what you reveal, you heal. So I pray now, Lord, a wave of revelation, Lord, for each and everyone here, all of us. Give us dreams. Release dreams. Release vision. Release the word of the Lord to us to bring closure to broken places, to lost things, to wounds. In the name of Jesus. Lord, the bruised place to be healed. In the name of the Lord. Healing emotionally. Healing physically. There are those that are here. You've got physical ailments are tied to situations that happen. Even in your life, God's healing you even now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, release your healing. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing it again. You're a good, good father. Good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. May be seated. Take your Bibles. I'm just going to preach to you for a few minutes. In the book of Luke chapter 10, we find an interesting principle regarding healing. It's something that I missed for years, but I've found it to be profound. In Luke chapter 10, And I have a full message from these verses 1 through 10. But I feel like the Lord's really done something special and unique as the wind of the Spirit is blowing in this place. And so I just want to touch on one aspect of of healing. We've been talking about healing and uh, miracles. And Sunday night, we've given in this season to have healing and miracles here on Sunday night. And so thankful that our children are even here with us. We do that on purpose. There is no children's ministry simply because we believe that children should be with us in the way that we have church here as well as be upstairs at different times. But it's important As a family to worship God together and we do this really a a philosophy of ministry, a theology of worshiping together with your family. For many, many years I made my kids sit with me on the front row and I've I've yielded a little bit in recent days as they're growing up. Uh, But it's important for your kids to worship with you. And so you teach them, you know, we used to have a blanket out front and they could sit there and play with their Legos or their dollies and, um, and just play quietly. And, and sometimes we let it with be with other kids, but mostly not. And you'd be amazed at how much the word of the Lord they get. And, um, I mean, even now I'm, I'm looking, I see a little one staring at me. She's hearing everything I'm saying, everything. And the power of God goes into them as they're in a service like this, and many families don't understand that, and so sometimes I just take a moment to share. Let's look at this, uh, Luke 10, verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, and he sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. I need to pause and say to the degree that we have laborers will be the degree that we have a harvest. The same is true in the book of Genesis. I I talked about it a little bit in one of the services. I forget which one. (laughs) Sometimes I'm not sure what time of the day it is on Sunday. But in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 5, it says, and you can turn there because it's a powerful verse of Scripture. It says that there was no trees in the garden because there was no man to tend it. You see, to the degree that you're able to tend, to the degree that you're able to keep, to the degree that we can release laborers will be the degree that we have a harvest. That's why we have to pray for laborers. That's why we have to raise up leaders. That's why we have to multiply. Amen. It's so important because there's a whole group of people that are lost and basically headed to hell. And if we don't raise up leaders, we don't raise up people, then we're never going to reach the harvest. And so he sends them out. Of course, the sending out of the harvest was also based on prayer. The harvest is great. The labors are few. Therefore, pray. Everybody say pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. So we need to pray for labors, Lord. Release laborers, I pray in Jesus' name. He said, verse 3, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Whoops. <laughs> well, well, that's exciting. carry neither money bag knapsack or sandals greet no one along the road and that's a picture of urgency and the day and the hour in which we're living in is urgent it is urgent it is an urgent time it is an urgent time and it's not business as usual there's an urgency there's there's a pressing even by the spirit of god to to reach people He says, but at whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And I want you to say that. Peace to this house. If there's a son of peace there, your peace will rest on it. I had no idea what that meant when I first read it, but I certainly know what it means now. If there's a son of peace there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it'll return to you probably 90% of the time when I walk into somebody's house, 90%, it's pretty high percentage. I'll walk in, I'll say, God bless you, peace to this house. Praise God, bless this house. I just say that as I'm walking into the house because I've found something. I've found that if when I do that, it actually releases the blessing and the power of God on that home. And oftentimes, I've found, as I've said that, I sort of feel like that didn't happen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you know when you come upon somebody and you know they're just in a mean throwdown fight? I've knocked on the door. And they're like, it's pastor. And it's like the door opens. They're like, hi. I mean, you can just feel it thick. You know what I mean? It's just strife has filled the air. It's not a sense of peace and joy. It's a sense of strife. So he says Say peace to this house If the son of peace is there Your peace will rest on it If not it will return to you Now watch this if it, And remain in the same house Eating and drinking Such things they give you The labor is worthy of their wages Do not go from house to house Whatever city you enter And they receive you Eat such things that are set before you And heal the sick there And say to them The kingdom of God has come near you But Everybody say, but. But whatever city you enter, they do not receive you. Go out of the streets and say the very dust of your feet that clings to you. Wipe off. And basically says, you know, you're judged. (laughs) That's basically what it says. Judgment and blessing are both in the gospel. Both. And the the point of this little sermonette in the 7 to 10 minutes that I'm going to preach to you, I'm almost done. Is that peace... Will release the healing of God. Amen. The peace of God will release the kingdom of God. And if you have no peace in your home, you will not have the fullness of his healing. You need to contend for it. You need to contend. That means you need to fight for it, which sometimes means you need to shut up for Rizzle. book Of something. <laughs> don't ever use the Plunk method. You might come across like Jesus hung himself and see that as a word from the Lord or something. That's a bad idea. Don't, don't you know the Plunk method? The Plunk method's like, Lord, Judas hung himself. Okay, I got to write Judas. Some of you are like, what did he say? Judas, just making sure you're paying attention. Judas hung himself. It's a bad, don't, don't do that. That's not a word from the Lord. Everybody say amen. Everybody say Judas. Judas. All right, good. You're, you're, you're listening now. Peace, talking about peace and the healing of God. Exodus 14, turn there. Come on, just a few moments, we're done powerful testimony, Pastor Alex. Thank you. Children of Israel have been delivered by the hand of God. have come out with the silver and gold. The Egypt's pursued them, verse 9, all the horses, chariots, pharaoh, and horsemen, the army and overtook them camping by the sea. Pharaoh drew near; the Israelites lifted up their eyes. Verse ten: Behold, the Egyptians marching after them. I mean, what a scene! I mean, the biggest army in the world's coming to whoop them. I mean, that had to be like pretty terrifying. Chariots, and they said to Moses, "Is because there's no grave in Egypt that you've brought us out here?" I mean, they're just terrified. And Moses says to them in verse 13, Do not be afraid. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. You shall hold your peace. You shall hold your peace. When you have the peace of God, it does not matter what army is facing you. When you have the peace of God, it does not matter what sickness, what kind of infirmity, what kind of report you might have had. When you have the peace of God, it transcends all understanding. Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, peace is tied to the kingdom. And he'll lead you by peace. It's one of the main ways I hear his voice. I mean i'm standing up there tonight i'm praying sometimes i can hear you know pretty clearly i mean i can discern his voice other times like tonight i'm saying lord you want me to preach the message it's getting a little late but it's no big deal we've had church till eight o'clock i'm gonna close in about seven minutes we'll be done by seven thirty, so you can all go feed yourself or do whatever you want to do but it's okay to go to eight o'clock something wrong with that I try to be sensitive to your time, but I'm saying, Lord, do you want me to preach that message? And I just feel like, no. I mean, I, I mean, for me to go ahead and preach the whole thing, I've got no peace about that. It's, I'm telling you, that's how, I, that's how I live. You need to learn to live that way. Some of you just go headlong into things you should have nothing to do with. Some of you go ahead and make decisions because you think it's the right thing based upon money, based upon upon. Whatever you think is right in your own eyes, but you're really not in touch with the presence of God, really not in touch with the peace of God. And as you try to move forward into that thing, you just ignore the fact that your heart's troubled over it. Look, if your heart's troubled, if you've lost peace, it's not God. (laughs) It's not God. So he says... The Egyptians you see today, you will see no more forever. They're gone. They're going to be wiped out if you be quiet. It's more than be quiet. Hold your peace. I heard it preached, shut up. And, and I think shutting up is important. But how many of you know you can keep your mouth closed and be totally filled with strife? You just happen to have the self-control to not say anything. You're just boiling on the inside of you. You're biting your tongue. I've, I've, I've bit my tongue on purpose. Just so you wouldn't say something stupid. Man, that's a good thing. It can work if you really get irritated. You have a hard time. <laughs> the man who's in control of his tongue is in control of his entire being. That's why it's important to pray in tongues. One of the, one of the many reasons it's important to pray in the Spirit. If you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, buddy, ma'am, sir... You need to get baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God does not expect you to white-knuckle it your whole life. And some of you aren't using that gift. Well, pastor, would you return to your, your keys, please? James says, where there's envy and strife, there's every evil thing. Contend for peace. And again, peace, hold your peace. He says to the, the Israelites, it's more than not talking. It's having peace. It's having peace. It's, it's keeping your heart. Sometimes you can be barraged by thoughts that just hit you from the right to the left. And you just punch drunk from the, the over voice of the enemy. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah that him whose mind is stayed on him, he will keep at perfect peace. I, I, I've had times in my life where I, I, I didn't know how I was going to make it the next 15 minutes. Look, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that to be like evangelistic. I'm totally serious. I didn't know how I was going to make it another 15 minutes. I just thought oh, I can't stand to be in my own skin. I hate my life. I hate where I'm at. God, God, kill me now. Does anybody? Don't raise your hand. But I'm telling you, I've been there. I've been so depressed that I could not even get up off the floor. And the Holy Spirit would come and whisper things to me, like, focus on me, son. Lift your eyes to the hill where your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord. I thank God that somehow, I mean, there's times I couldn't even remember my own name, and, and somehow I've had Scripture just would come to mind. And I'd really what would work for me so I'd just begin to worship <laughs> I'd sing some little song and I'd say thank you Jesus thank you Jesus I am not know where I used to be thank you Jesus thank you Jesus you saved me I'd say thank you Jesus for your peace in my troubled life Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And soon things would begin to change and my heart would settle down. And then another wave of anxiety and strife, really a demonic attack would come. And I go, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, Jesus, Jesus. And I just sing again. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Oh. Thank you, G. I i just make melody in my heart to the Lord. I didn't even have a, it's easy to have a piano now, but I'd just sing. I would just sing, and I'd worship, and then soon I'd be on my knees, and I'd maybe sing Amazing Grace or something. And before you know it, I'd be on my feet, and I'd, I'd just lift my hands. I'm talking in my room. There's nobody there. I don't know where my cell phone is, and I don't know how to make it through the next day, but I would just cry out to Him, and the power of God would come on me, and healing would take place. Miracles would take place. breakthrough would take place and before you know it actually I was having peace in my own mind when before I was ready to pull the trigger or do something incredibly stupid and then all of a sudden I'm feeling like I'm going to make it Mm -hmm. thank you Jesus (laughs) thank you Lord for saving me oh thank you Lord for healing me, oh thank you, Lord, for giving me peace like a river, peace like a river, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Hey, thank you, Lord, for healing me. Oh, thank you, Lord, for giving me peace like a river, the peace. Thank you, Lord. say Stand with me, saving me. Yeah, thank you, Lord. For healing me, oh thank you Lord. Peace like a river, peace like a river. Oh thank you Lord, for saving me. Thank you Lord, for healing me. Oh thank you Lord, for giving me. Yeah, thank you Lord, for saving me. Thank you Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for giving me peace like a river. Peace like a Do you get something? Hold your peace for the enemies that are before you. You will never see again if you hold your peace. You'll never see them again. You know, God wiped out that army. Wheels fell off their chariots. I'm told that archaeologists have found, actually, the chariot wheels in the Red Sea. They found them. Can I, can I tell you this? Now this isn't in scripture and we're reading into it a little bit, but, but rabbinic scholars and different ones say, do you know where Israel got their weapons to fight the wars with after, you know, I mean they had to go to war, do you know where they got the weapons from? All the weapons washed up on the other side of the Red Sea and they picked them up and they were totally ready for war. Peace like a river, peace like a river. Oh, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for giving me peace like a river. Peace like a river, Lord, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord. For healing me, thank you, Lord, for giving me, say it, peace like a river, peace like, oh, thank you, Lord, for saving me, thank you, Lord, for healing me, thank you, Lord, for giving me, peace like a river, peace like a river, oh. Father, thank you for what you've done tonight. May we, all our lives, hold our peace. May we be men and women of peace. And Lord, even in this place tonight, release healing right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen. Wonderful. Take someone by the hand tonight. Father, thank you for what you've done, for what you're doing, and all that you will yet do in our lives. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And Lord, bless your people, I pray your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance unto them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. Bless you. We'll hope to see you Wednesday night. Dr. Morocco, seven o'clock, dedication of the church property at five. We love you. Praise the Lord. Be healed and be blessed tonight.